Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Cover Zero podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Week one is officially done. Holy shit. Did the Dolphins ever look good? Did Tua look incredible? Tyreek was elite. We'll talk about more about that game very, very shortly. Lots of other games to get to. Lots of games happens. We got some rookie debuts. We had some blunders. Uh, had some closer games than expected. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about all of that. So, going to be a little different. I am now going to be trying to do two shows a week. Because now that I've learned that a limit that I have to be less than two hours, if I'm going to try to recap all the games, and then on top of preview all of next week's, or I guess technically this week's games now, uh, it'll just be too long. So we're going to try to keep it out on Wednesday, cover all the games. Thursday, we'll re-record, do the preview. Uh, I'm going to do a blind... Uh, a blind review or a blind recap for Thursday Night Football because I will be recording before the game. That'll come out Friday mornings. Uh, should be interested to see how right or how wrong more than likely we are about those Thursday night matchups. Uh, but yeah, well, I mean, just starting off with last week's episode, uh, again, thanks for Spills for coming on. Thanks for coming out. Still haven't smashed an egg on his head. That will come very quickly. Um... And yeah, I won the first week of the Pick'em. I went 3-2 and two on the week. The difference was really that Chargers game. Um, it was good. It was good. Um, before we get to the week one recap and review, uh, start off with a little NFL weekly update. Not much to cover. A uh, few extensions, though. A few big, big extensions. Uh Starting off with the highest paid man in football history, Joe Burrow signed a five-year 270. I have five-year 270 down. I think it might be 275. Uh, 219 guaranteed obviously puts him as the highest paid quarterback of all time. Uh, Definitely deserve. Joe Burrow has had a very, very crazy five-year stretch. I mean, going back to LSU, winning the Heisman, winning the Natty, getting drafted first overall, obviously. Busted his knee that rookie season, but since then, he's made a Super Bowl appearance, made another AFC Championship appearance. Uh, he is good. The Bengals will be good as long as he is their QB. Um kind of awkward to say that given his uh, most recent performance but we'll get into that very quickly obviously great for Joe Burrow great for the Bengals I mean the notoriously cheap Bengals for actually paying that amount out uh and like noticeably jumped Justin Herbert in the QB market it wasn't just like oh he went up a million or a few hundred thousand just to be the next highest paid guy no it's a couple million jump there uh for Burrow over Herbert uh and that just means the next guy's up with Lawrence and Tua. Because, yeah, Tua is definitely a part of that conversation now. Oh, it's nice to say. It's nice to say. Ah, I can't wait to talk about that fucking game. Um, yeah, and then two more notes, though. Uh, Nick Bosa also signed a massive deal, making him the highest defensive paid or 
highest paid defensive player in the NFL, got a five-year, $170 million deal, $122.5 guaranteed. Um, Bosa was holding out all year for this contract, a well-deserved contract. He earns every bit of that. Uh, The Niners surely needed him for week one. Actually, I don't really know if they did. Again, we'll get into the week one talk really soon, but... uh, Great deal for Nick Bosa getting that done. And then after that, they also restructured Eric Armstead, freeing up another $11 million. So right now, the Niners have $41 million in cap space. Now, some of that can roll over into next year. But if you're the Niners, this is truly your last group with these core players. Someone like Debo or Kyle Juszczyk or one one of the bigger name guys is going to get released just based on cap constraints. I mean... Obviously, the cap is fake, but uh, it's real enough to cause some issues when you're paying, I don't know, like nine players, 70% of your cap. Uh, it becomes harder to pay the other 40, 44 guys, uh, if that's the case. But I was talking with Cam, obviously our resident Niners expert, and there's not a lot of uh, people really on the trade market. Like, obviously, we can talk about someone like Brian Burns, who the Panthers have said no multiple times to trading and would have had multiple first-round picks. Because if you're the Niners, you also can't give Brian Burns that big extension that he wants. Uh, You can give up the picks and have a one-year rental, sure, but I don't think the Panthers would move him anyways. They don't really need a receiver. Uh... I brought up the name Chandler Jones. Obviously, Chandler Jones has been going through his own shit with the Raiders in the last week and a half there. Did not suit up for them week one. Uh, But that would just be a low-end move. Would probably give up a day three pick. uh, Put him on the rotation there with Drake Jackson and Clellan Farrell. uh, Would probably be a good move for them to make. Other than that, not a lot of people available. It's hard when everyone thinks that they're contending are going to make the playoffs um yeah so i i do think the niners make a move at some point before the trade deadline we'll just see what it'll be uh last news up this news just broke chris jones uh gets his i mean not even extension not even he gets a one-year deal with the team uh a lot of it's purely incentive, so those incentives haven't been released yet. I'm assuming that whatever his base salary was this year, he can probably earn an extra like five to ten million on it. I'd assume. I think they probably made the incentives fairly easy for him to reach since he has been holding out, and they need him. That'll be the uh, technically when you're listening to this, it'll be the second game we talk about. But when I'm recording, because The Jets and the Bills have not played their Monday night game yet, so it'll be the first game I talk about, and I'm going to start talking about that game right now. Let's get into the Week 1 review. Okay, Week 1 is officially wrapped up. It is Victory Monday for some of us. Uh, Spills, that doesn't include you for obvious reasons. It was a great week of football. Uh... And as always, as we did last year, we will start with the game that we just watched. Monday Night Football, Bills versus the Jets. Um, Wild. Absolutely wild. Bills, 16. Jets, 22. The game went to overtime. Uh, 
the NFL has been running these ads all off season about like, oh, you can't script this, like NFL funny, haha, the NFL is scripted. You can't script shit like that. That was it's crazy. It's crazy to still think about. Obviously, what I'm talking about is four plays into the game. Actually, no. Let me start with the very start of the game. Aaron Rodgers running in with the American flag. What a moment. Crazy. And then four plays into his Jets debut. Uh, he gets sacked. He ruptures his Achilles. That is now confirmed. He is done for the season maybe career I don't know it's tough I really don't want to see it end for Aaron Rodgers I mean obviously we can all make jokes I've been saying the Jets aren't going to make the playoffs even with Aaron Rodgers but you don't want to see just as an NFL fan I welcome the competition I love seeing new storylines the Jets have been bad for so so long and like the Chargers this is just another cursed team that Some of the fans do deserve it. Some of the fans are real pieces of shits, let's just say that. But uh, a lot of Jets fans I know are good people. And it's tough to say that their season is done. I mean, they did just beat the Bills, but they're essentially just running back uh, last last year's team. Obviously, a few notable additions. The old wash guys from the Packers are now uh, also on the Jets, but... Uh, yeah, let's just keep talking about the Aaron Rodgers thing for a bit. Obviously, it sucks. Zach Wilson will be the starter for the rest of the season. Now, they will be looking for a veteran backup. Uh, names of guys who have been thrown out so far. I have seen former Eagles quarterbacks Carson Wentz and Nick Foles as some two guys to bring in. Uh, not very good options. Uh... Colin Kaepernick is still getting thrown around. His agent contacted the Jets to know that uh, Kaepernick is available. Uh, Kaepernick has not played since 2016. Uh, Jameis Winston is a fun one that has been tossed around. Uh, I think that would just be fun. Jameis Winston is just a fun player. He is not a good player, but he is just fun to watch. That is for damn sure. Uh, Another one I saw get bounced around. Matt Stafford. Uh, Obviously, the Rams season would have to spiral and very quickly because they would need to trade him before the deadline. I don't know why the Jets would also try to move to another aging quarterback, and the Rams looked good this week. Um, So that was one, and I think that... Oh, no, one last, one last guy. RG3 also threw his name out there while on the air this morning as someone who could come in and do some things. Uh, Yeah. However, Tom Brady has the chance to do the funniest thing ever, and that is come out of retirement, play for the Jets, and win a Super Bowl for the Jets. Um, Again, it won't happen, but that would just be absolutely hilarious to see Tom Brady do. Um, Yeah, uh, I guess let's talk about the game, though. Um... Yeah, Zach Wilson came in. He was fine. He completed 66% of his passes. He had one touchdown uh, pass to Garrett Wilson. He also had one brutal, brutal interception. Just classic Zach Wilson play, if we're really being honest. Uh, The whole catalyst for this Jets offense was second-year running back Brees Hall 
coming back from his knee injury from last year. In the first half, he had two touches. Two touches, two carries for 109 yards. Uh, He was locked and ready to go. Obviously, they're trying to ease him back uh, from his injury. He did get uh, out-snapped by Dalvin Cook this week. That's why they brought Dalvin Cook in, is to ease Brees back in. Uh, But Brees still finished the game 10 carries, 127 yards, uh, and then two catches for, or one catch for 20 yards. Uh, Very, very good game for Brees Hall. Uh, Other points on the offense, obviously without Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson. Again, he's still flashed and he has his moments and we all know he's really good, but it's the same as last year now with Zach Wilson throwing him the ball. Yeah. And that Jets offensive line did not look very good at all. Obviously, Bill's defensive line is, I guess, formidable is a word I could use. Um, They got some players anyways. Uh, So it's hard to say. It's like, oh, is the Bill's D-line actually pretty good? Or does the Jets O-line stink? I'm on the side that, yeah, I think the Bills do have a decent, pretty good defensive line. But I do think that the Jets offensive line stinks uh Becton hasn't played in two years he's kind of working back in it he was flagged heavily uh kind of got his lunch fed to him too uh but the Jets managed to pull away with the win because of the defense on the other side uh the defensive line was problem all night uh Quinn and Williams obviously Fantastic game for him. Didn't finish with any sacks, but was obviously very, very productive. Shout out, though, to Quinnen Williams' older brother, Quincy Williams, who is one of the starting linebackers for the Jets. Uh, He was just everywhere. He was going sideline to sideline, making tackles all over the field. He really impressed me. Uh, That is a player that they brought back this offseason, and for good reason. That is someone who looks to be making a breakout season for them. And to add or to pair him to C.J. Mosley could be an absolute fantastic tandem going down the road. Uh, And Jordan Whitehead, the safety, has already hit his incentive bonus. Uh, He needed three interceptions on the season to receive 250K. He had three in the game. I know we haven't talked anything about the Bills yet, but woof, that was a game from Josh Allen. Uh, But yeah, game goes to overtime. Bills get the ball. Bills do nothing. Bills punt it away. And I I should get this guy's name right because he is the one who won the game for the Jets on the punt return. Oh no, I backed out of my score page by accident. Bad podcasting, bad podcasting, bad podcasting. Either way, very, very good. Oh, no, that's the Bill stats. Punt return by Xavier Gibson uh, to win the game. And yeah, let's talk about the Bills, though. So the Bills, obviously, this was going to be a good matchup from the get-go. With the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen with the Bills. We saw how bad the Bills looked in that last game against the Bengals, but they were so good the whole rest of the season before that game. And then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and the immediate thought for the Bills is, oh, we can just coast and win this, and this is going to be an easy game. Uh, That Jets defense really showed up to play because 
that was probably the worst game of uh, of Josh Allen's career. I'd say I don't think at least since his rookie season because he had some stinkers in his rookie season. Josh Allen was 29 for 41, 236 yards, one passing touchdown, three interceptions, and he fumbled it twice, lost one of them. Um, Just brutal, brutal game. And, I mean, you want to talk about Josh Allen, or I'll talk about Josh Allen a little bit more here. He has 39 turnovers in his last 19 games. Uh... I saw the uh, the funny thing on Twitter was to uh, compare uh, Josh Allen's career to Carson Wentz, where you know how Carson Wentz had that MVP season, and then obviously gets hurt, loses the Super Bowl, the rest is history. We all know how good Carson Wentz is now. Um, people are like, I don't know, is Josh Allen on that trajectory? Uh, as much as it's hilarious, I think that's very funny, and that would immediately just close that Bills Super Bowl window like that um but I'm not buying into that at all even though I am a Dolphins fan Josh Allen is one of the best talents I have ever seen at the position is he a dumbass my god is he a dumbass does he still make these like even in the first half I don't know it was like third and 15 and he decided to scramble wasn't even close to the first down and instead of just sliding not getting hit he decides to try to jump over two defenders. Um, he's just—he's uh, having fun out there. It's not—it's not fun that wins you football games when you play like that. But uh, he's got to smarten up. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm expecting a big bounce back game for the Bengals this week, or not the Bengals? Uh, the Bills. The Bengals also stunk. Uh, Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, although they are my second and third best quarterbacks in the league. They were probably the two worst quarterbacks uh, of the weekend, if we're really being honest. Uh, Yeah, so that was me shitting on the Bills and Josh Allen for a while. What else about the Bills? Ooh, we've been going for 10 minutes. I'm liking how much I'm talking about this game now. Uh, It's because it's so fresh in my mind. But uh, the Bills' defense did do his job. I thought that... They did exactly what they needed to against a Zach Wilson-led offense was let Zach Wilson throw the ball. We'll try to stop the run. Brees Hall absolutely gashed them at times. Uh, they really did bottle him up in the second half, though. Uh, Dalvin Cook was also kind of a non-factor on the ground. It was truly Josh Allen that gave the ball, or gave the game away, uh, and gave the ball away, let's be honest. Um yeah, defense did its job. I like Greg Russo in his uh, year three debut. Uh, he flashed. That's someone who I expect to take a breakout, a uh, big jump uh, for them. Matt Milano is just, I mean, everyone wishes they had Matt Milano on their team, but you play a guy, or you hate playing against a guy like Matt Milano. It's like a Brad Marchand in the NHL. Boom, hockey reference. Uh, yeah, good, wild, wild week one opening game. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, I'm recording this after I recorded everything else. So now we'll transition to me yesterday, time traveling back and with the Lions and the Chiefs Thursday night game. 
We will head all the way back to Thursday Night Football, the opening game of the 2023 season. We got an upset. Lions 21, Chiefs 20. Um, Let's talk about the Lions. They are the winning team. They got the better of the Chiefs. Uh, It was a sloppy game all around. I don't think either side should come out of that happy. I mean, especially if you're the Chiefs. Uh, Lots of mistakes on their end. But the Lions had their fair share of mistakes too. I mean... Marvin Jones as your wide receiver too is a big no-no in the year 2023. Uh, he did not look good. He stalled multiple of their drives. Uh, the usage between David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs also just a little weird for me. Uh, I knew that Montgomery would get his fair share of the touches. I mean, we saw what Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson did with uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams last season. But Gibbs, who was the most explosive player they had on offense, not named Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, was only in, I think, for like 29% of snaps. That number needs to go up. They need to get them both on the field at the same time. We were all like, we saw a quote from Ben Johnson, I think, two weeks ago being like, oh, people don't even know how we're going to use Jameer Gibbs. Um, You're right, because you just didn't use him. Um... I'm expecting a bigger role. Obviously, he's a rookie. They'll, they'll ease them into stuff. We saw that kind of with rookies across the league. With some of them, anyways. Um, the run game will get better. Things will get better. Again, it's week one. Teams are rusty. People are rusty. Uh, let's talk about this Lions defense, though. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a future Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Probably winner at some point. He was very, very, very good. Uh, Especially with... No, no, I'll talk about the Chiefs when I get to the Chiefs. So I'm going to try this year, talk about one team first, get all kind of what I need to talk about, then move over to the other team. Um, Hutchinson was fantastic. I'm sure a lot of people in April for the draft were confused of why they traded back and then took... Gibbs and then Jack Campbell and whatever. First of all, Lions draft right now looking really fucking good. They got four players in the first two days of the draft with Gibbs, Jack Campbell, Brian Branch, and Sam Laporta. All are starting for them. All look like very good players for them. Obviously, they have one more pick. That is Hendon Hooker. He's obviously still recovering and won't be taking Jared Goff's job anytime soon. Where was I going this, this? Ah, yes, the draft and the Lions. And people thought, why aren't they taking Tyree Wilson? Or why aren't they taking Jalen Carter? I don't get it. Um, This Lions D-line is sneaky, very good. Uh, they got two big D tackles with uh, Aleem McNeil. And I'm going to mess up this guy's name. But Levi on. Onozeriki, ugh, that's, that's, I, I apologize, I am butchering that name so badly, uh, but I think they're, those two guys are the reason, they believed in them, they spent day two picks on both of them in the 2021 draft, uh, let me, let me just see if he, uh, it's not showing up, whatever, either way, though, those, those guys are the reason why they did not pick, one of these other defensive linemen in the draft early, looking like they made the right call. Uh, The Chiefs could do nothing. 
The Chiefs could not run the ball whatsoever. Pat Mahomes was their best rusher, was by far their best player on offense. I don't want to hear it from the from people who were trying to gaslight me all night into saying some of those Pat Mahomes throws were terrible and not perfect, perfect throws that only someone like Pat Mahomes can make. There's a handful of guys in the league that can make that. Uh, that throw to MVS was perfect. You couldn't have put it in a better spot. Anywhere else, it would have been an incompletion or an interception. Can't believe I got gaslit or tried to get gaslit. I didn't get gaslit. I knew that that was a good throw. Real ball knowers know that was a good throw. Um, But yeah, the Lions, very good game. They come out on top. Big week one win. Let's talk about the Chiefs who were really, really missing the play of Travis Kelsey Not even so much Chris Jones. I was actually fairly impressed with how the Chiefs' front seven and defensive line looked versus that really, really good Lions offensive line. Uh, Nick Bolton, phenomenal. Willie Gay, phenomenal. Uh, I really can't name anyone on the Chiefs' defensive line. They got some new guys in there. I know George Karlaftis made a few plays. Uh... But either way, shout out to the Chiefs front seven. They did their job. Uh, it wasn't until the very end where the Lions were just like, yeah, we can just run it down their throat. Why aren't we doing this? Uh, and then they did, and then they proceeded to win the game. Uh, let's start off with some people who just need to get no snaps next week for the Chiefs. Uh, Kadarius Tony might have had one of the worst performances of all time. Uh I think, uh, what was it? It was dating back. I think, like, PFF gave him a grade, and it was, like, the lowest grade for a wide receiver since, like, the early 2000s, and it was some receiver I've never even heard of. Uh, He was bad. I think his uh, EPA, which is expected points added, was minus minus two, two point something, where basically his three... For his targets that he had or his catches that he had, uh, they added up to a touchdown for the other side. And they did because it was a pick six. Beautiful pass from Mahomes right off his hands. Pick six by Brian Branch. There was a couple other drops that he had. Uh, truly just, I mean, one of the reasons why the Chiefs lost this game was Kadarius Tony. The other guy is a guy named Sky Moore. Um... Sky Moore, who was, I think he had the most snaps uh, at wide receiver, got very few targets for how much he was on the field. Again, had some key drops for the Chiefs in big moments. Uh, They missed Travis Kelsey so damn much. It It was a good game for the Chiefs all... No, I mean, it, it truly wasn't. The defense, the front seven looked fine. Pat Mahomes played well. I thought the Chiefs O-line kind of got dominated a little bit. Uh, and this is a good Chiefs offensive line with guys like Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and Joe Tooney. Uh, and now Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor manning the uh, the tackle spots. And that's something that also I have to bring up. Uh, people wanted to complain about Jawan Taylor and his false starts and... Whatever. They haven't been calling that for a while now. The tackles, the guys, they will try to be a little ahead of when the ball snapped. And that's fine. The league is letting it go. Move on, everybody. Everyone just shut up about it. It's going to happen almost every single week. It's done. Whatever. 
My issue was, is he was, he was lined up so far back from the center because, and again, could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that the rule is that the tackles, their head needs to be lined up with the hips of the center so they can be a little farther back. Jawan Taylor was extremely far back multiple times. I think he only got called for one false start or one infraction. Uh, was just weird. I think that'll get fixed up for uh, for future games, but uh, was not the Chiefs' week. Travis Kelsey, they're hoping, will be back next week. Chris Jones will be back for them next week. Uh, they got a big game against the Jags. That'll be a fun one. Uh we can move over now to the 1 o'clock slate. Uh, starting off with the Texans and Ravens. Texans 9, Ravens 25. We got a scorigami. Um, and listen, for D'Amico Ryan's year one head coach, for CJ Stroud, first game as a rookie, going to Baltimore on the road, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot. Uh yeah, I guess since I'm talking about the Texans, I'll just talk about it. There's not really much to talk about the Texans. Uh, it was a good a good appearance for the Texans. They were in that game for a while. Uh, just could never score when they needed to. Things just kind of got away from them. But I was impressed by D'Amico Ryan's defense. I, th- I think they got good pressure on Lamar. They got Lamar looking rattled a little bit. I don't know how much is that is the Texans and how much of that is just a new system and the rust week one for Lamar who hasn't played football since late November, I late November 2022, I believe. So, uh, yeah, nothing much to really talk about with the Texans. C.J. Stroud... He looked okay, didn't make too many wow plays. Again, it's tough going against this Ravens defense, who is very good. Uh, Let's talk about this Ravens, though, this Ravens team. Again, I kind of just mentioned it. The offense looked okay. Again, week one, new system, lots of new moving pieces in there. Uh, They looked fine. They covered the spread. Great teams cover. The Ravens covered. Um, And it'll only be getting better. Like, the offense will get more in sync and everyone will get on the same page. So by, like, week, let's say week four, I'm expecting the Ravens to be fully uh, rolling. And one of the reasons for how good this Ravens or the the ceiling for how good the Ravens uh, offense could be is Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers is going to be an absolute problem for this league. I still can't believe that the Chargers didn't draft him because they could have used someone like Zay Flowers on Sunday. That's for damn sure. Uh, Zay Flowers finished the day. He had two rushes for nine yards, and then he had nine catches for 78 yards. He was Lamar's favorite target. I think he is surely wide receiver one for this team. Mark Andrews is still probably going to be target number one. Uh, Absolute crazy game, though, for... Zay Flowers, he's looking like he's going to be very, very good. Um, Some bad news, though, from the Ravens. Um, After dealing with injuries over multiple, multiple years now, uh, basically, time's a flat circle. The Ravens week one have four guys on the injury report uh, with Marcus Williams, Ronnie Stanley, Tyler Linderbaum, and J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Williams, Stanley, and Linderbaum 
are all day-to-day, week-to-week. Shouldn't miss much time, if anything at all, I think. J.K. Dobbins, unfortunately, though, did tear his Achilles. Really just sucks, because he has been productive while he plays, but it just looks like he's going to be another one of these running backs who aren't going to make it off his rookie contract. I'm sure that after this season, he'll go, he'll sign some one-year, $3 million deal somewhere. Hopefully... He excels. It just sucks for him. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I think Justice Hill came into the game for him. Got two TDs out of it. Yeah, (laughs) Justice Hill. Eight rushes, nine yards, two touchdowns. What a fucking stat line. Uh, We'll keep moving on, though. Uh, Moving on to an NFC South clash. Panthers 10, Falcons 24. Um... Was not was not a pretty football game. Uh, Desmond Ritter is terrible, to say the least. Um, with that being said, I still think that the Falcons can definitely win this division because I like what the rest. Uh, I like what I saw from the rest of them. Yeah, Desmond Ritter finished fifteen for eighteen for one hundred and fifteen yards, one passing touchdown. Uh, I'm pretty sure at the start of the game... Oh, that's also something I have to mention. C.J. Stroud's first uh, passing attempt was caught by him for a loss. And it was the same thing for Desmond Ritter. First catch of the game uh, for Desmond Ritter was Desmond Ritter for minus yards. Because I'm pretty sure Desmond Ritter started off the game like 4 for 4 for 0 yards because of his own completion to himself. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I've I've been telling everyone that this Falcons, they're just going to run the ball. They don't care about passing the ball. They're going to play good defense. They're going to run the ball. They don't care about, oh, how pretty in the highlights Arthur Smith came out. And he's like, we win football games. That's what we do. That's what they, that's what they did against the Panthers. Uh, again, it wasn't pretty, but it was good. Uh, the duo of Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, I think, is going to be a problem for the league. Uh, Algier finished the day 15 carries, 75 yards for an average of 5 per carry, 2 touchdowns. Bijan had 10 carries for 56 yards, 5.6 per carry. Uh, also had 6 catches for 27 yards and a touchdown. And his touchdown made 3 guys miss. Uh, those are the types of highlights I expect from Bijan. Wasn't a great Falcons game, but they got the job done against a not great Panthers team. The much improved Falcons defense, though, was the big difference. Uh, Bryce Young did have two in- interceptions, both to Jesse Bates, the new Falcons safety. Uh, so good for the Falcons. Let's talk about the Panthers just a little bit. Um, Moob's been getting shit on for Bryce Young and his him being the quarterback and him not looking very good. None of the rookie quarterbacks really looked uh, all that great to start off this year or to start off in week one. I'd say Anthony Richardson was probably the best. We'll get into that, though. Uh, Bryce Young had his moments, though. He made a couple throws where I'm like, that's a good NFL throw. Uh, It's just tough when you don't have any real... Any real receiving options. I'm pretty sure that Hayden Hurst was his uh, favorite target. Not great. Uh, not great if you're Bryce Young. Uh, they're hoping that Jonathan Mingo and Terrace Marshall can really step up and be there for him. It might be a tough year, tough year for the Panthers, though. The defense did look pretty good. J.C. Horn, though, uh, unfortunately got a little banged up, but 
What else is new? Uh, sucks for him. I hope he stays healthy. He's a very good corner when he is healthy. I'm not sure what the extent of that injury turned out to be. I just hope that he's healthy. Uh, we'll keep moving on to the next game, though. Uh, Bengals 3. Browns 24. Um, was a rainy game. That's what Tony blamed the entire game on. Oh, it was wet. Oh, it was rainy. Oh, Joe Burrow couldn't do anything because of the weather. Uh, the nasty man, the predator, Deshaun Watson also played in that weather. Also didn't have that great of a game, but, uh, was a hell of a lot better than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow might've been the worst quarterback in the league week one. Uh, fresh off signing that mega, mega extension. Uh, again, I don't blame him. If I sign for that amount of money, I'm fucking taking it easy. I'm at least for one week. He can relax. He probably bought some things. He probably went out and celebrated. Uh, they need to get right though. Cause there, there is a chance where the Bengals start off 0-2 for this year. They do have the Ravens coming up. Uh, the Bengals also did not. I think they started out 0-2 last year and then finished their year 14-2. So this this Bengals team is going to be very good. They aren't going away. Uh, again, I picked them to win the division. I still expect them to win the division. Uh, was just not, not a good game for Burrow. Burrow, again, haven't said it yet, finished 14 for 32, 82 yards. Yeah, just a bad game. Bad game. T. Higgins had, I think, eight targets, no catches. Jamar Chase only had 37 yards. The offense could literally do nothing against this new-look Browns defense. Uh, Bengals defense, you did what you could. Uh, doesn't help when your offense can't move the ball and you're on the field for almost the entire game. But Lou Anarumo did what he could. Uh, yeah, the offense just could not move against this Browns defense. This Browns defense looked very, very good. Miles Garrett looked great. Um, Denzel Ward was doing his part in the secondary there. Uh, and that's that's something that I was, I was worried about. I haven't been worried about the Browns offense. Obviously, Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper and their offensive line, very good. And my one question is the, the predator with Deshaun Watson. And Watson looked, Fine. He wasn't Texans Deshaun Watson. He wasn't even close to that. Was he better than last year, last year's version of himself? Of course. That was also one of the worst QBs in the NFL last year. Watson looked okay. He looked fine. Made some throws. Made some terrible throws. Uh, did what they needed. They didn't really need him to do much. Uh, but again, he needs to be better if you're guaranteeing all $230 million of his contract. Uh, Brown's defense, though, looks very, very good. I think this is going to be a very good unit for the rest of the year. Uh, Jim Schwartz got his hands on this defense after... Ooh, am I going to remember their... Joe Woods, their ex-old defensive coordinator, uh, completely revamped it. I'm not... Again, I'm not changing any really real opinions about the Browns. I still, This is kind of what I thought the Browns would, were going to be. They're going to be a good team. They will be battling for one of those final playoff spots. I just don't think they get there. Uh, I could be proved wrong, though. Nick Chubb also was that offense as he's been for the last 
three years now. Nick Chubb, very good football player. Uh, yeah, and then we have some unfortunate injuries for the Browns. Uh, right tackle Jack Conklin and safety Caden Stearns are out for the year. Uh, sucks, obviously. Uh, week one of the year, you never like to see people get hurt. Uh, I guess fortunately for the Browns, though, they did draft a mammoth of a man named Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. I think he's like 6'8", 350. He held his own very well uh, after taking over from Conklin. I'm assuming he will get that right tackle spot for the rest of the year. Um, Yeah, uh, we will keep moving on. We will go on to one of the bigger blowouts of the week. Niners, 30. Steelers, 7. Uh, A lot of people, including myself and Spills last week, were on that Steelers hype train. And, yeah, the Niners just went in there and just kicked the absolute shit out of them. Their high-end talent is so, 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 so good with guys like... Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Fred Warner, uh, Talanoa Hufanga. That was literally just the defense. And then on offense, we got CMC. We got Trent Williams. We got Brandon Ayuk. We got Debo Samuel. We got George Kittle. Ah, yeah, they have very, very good high-end talent. And as long as those guys stay healthy... This Niners team is going to be a problem all year long. Uh, Brock Purdy, again, people had his questions. Will we see the same? He is now 6-0. and uh, I think that's right. 6-0 and as a starter. And he has two touchdown pass in every game that he's finished. Uh... He's he's very good. People people might want to give him the Jimmy G comparison. Uh, Cam sent me a tweet today. He's like, hey, you might want to use this to the pod. No idea who tweeted it out or said it, but it was basically like Brock Purdy can consistently hit doubles, takes the shot. Like, or if you're going like a baseball analogy, Jimmy G, safe guy, he'll get you a single consistently, takes the safe thing. Uh where Brock Purdy will go, try to extend, make the longer throws. He'll get a double. He'll get a triple. Obviously, he'll check down, take the occasional single, but he does more than Jimmy ever would. And that's the type That's the type of quarterback play that this Niners team has needed over the last few years. Someone who does take these chances, who does make those throws when they need, instead of a guy like Jimmy G, who plays it safe, and that's fine. It's just that's the difference between potentially having a Super Bowl winning team versus flaming out in the NFC Championship games or losing those Super Bowl matchups. Um, Yeah, the Niners are going to be a problem all year. Let's talk about the... Oh, actually, one more shout-out. Brandon Ayuk. I'm not going to call this a breakout game for him, but he was probably the second-best wide receiver of the week. Uh, he's going to have a really good fucking year. If you drafted him in fantasy, uh, you have a guy who should be starting for you every single week. I think he's going to crush it. Uh, 
Let's move on to the Steelers. So the Steelers, a lot of us drank the preseason Kool-Aid. We saw how good they were in preseason. We saw how good Kenny Pickett was in preseason. Um, yeah, they they flat out stunk. A lot of it had to do with Kenny Pickett in that first half just being abysmal. I think that at one point he was like 7 for 9 for 19 yards. Again, things I don't really understand how it happens. Uh, yeah, it's just not a good game. More more needed to get done. Deontay Johnson left with a hamstring injury. I'm sure that he will be fine for next week. Uh, George Pickens was already complaining and liking tweets about how he should be getting the ball more. Uh, what's I mean, the Steelers just constantly find these wide receivers who I'm not going to call... Pickens a diva. I think he's a dog. I think he deserves the ball. Pickett should be getting him the ball as much as he uh, possibly can. Uh, Pick Pickett came back in the second half. Did play a little better. The stat line looks better, but I just don't think he has it. I thought that maybe there was a chance if he became like a solid game manager quarterback for the Steelers team. I just don't think it's it. Uh I might be making a move one week in to be taking the Steelers out of my playoff prediction. Uh, yeah, was not a good week for the Steelers. One Steeler, though, did have a very, very, very good week. TJ Watt, he wants that sack record. He wants it badly. He started off the year. Uh, three sacks, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. Absolute killer week for him. Uh he will be at the top of the Defensive Player of the Year uh, odds right now. Him and probably Micah Parsons, who also had a fucking crazy game. We'll get to that game in a while, though. Uh, one last note for the Steelers, though, however. Cam Hayward is now out for the season. That is a huge loss for them. Uh, don't know. Oh, they drafted someone. They drafted some IDL on like day two this year who I think will need to step up for them let's see if he can do it uh I think that might have been a no that, that, that was the Bears guy never mind uh talking to myself uh next game up we have the Cardinals and Commanders Cardinals 16 Commanders 20 both teams stunk uh I give Jonathan Gannon a lot of credit they almost won this game after no one giving them a real chance People already wanting Jonathan Gannon to be fired. Uh, I think that he'll be a good head coach. I think that he is one of these corny guys, not like a real football guy when you see him and you hear him talk, but he knows the X's and O's very, very well. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Josh Dobbs is your quarterback, and Hollywood Brown and James Conner is just, ugh. Uh See if they can make a little bit of noise once Kyler comes back, because Kyler will be playing at some point. Uh, other than that, for the Cardinals, I'm just happy that they came out, played hard, good for them. Uh, the Commanders, on the other hand, uh, the front seven looked good, as it always does, especially against this uh, Cardinals team that isn't very good. They should have done well, and they did. Uh, Cardinals offense, though, Sam Howell made some plays, made some really bad plays, too. Uh, just overall not great for a Cardinals defense, which is probably going to be the easiest defense you play all year. Uh, wasn't wasn't spectacular. Again, 
it's a new system for the commanders. Obviously, new offensive co- coordinator slash co-head coach Eric Bieniemy, head coach in waiting. I will add, Ron Rivera is definitely gone after this season. Uh yeah, wasn't a pretty game for the Commanders. They got the win though. That's all that mattered. Uh, I don't think I really have to talk about this game much. Uh, so we'll keep moving on. Another game that absolutely stunk. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Minnesota Vikings, Bucks twenty, Vikings seventeen. Uh, we'll start with the winning team though. The Bucks looked okay. I don't want to give them any real credit in this game because the Vikings made a ton of mistakes and the Buccaneers kind of capitalized on them, capitalized on most of them. Uh, so I'm again, I'm I'm not putting too much stock into this. Like they scored 20 points against the Vikings defense, which I think is not very good at all. Uh, however, though, Baker Mayfield is a fun quarterback. Baker Mayfield gets the guys going. I've been saying it for weeks now. Baker Mayfield is the new Ryan Fitzpatrick for the NFL. Uh, he fills that gap very nicely because I think Baker will have his moments, especially with this team that he has around him. Like He still has guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, rookie Trey Palmer also had a very good game for them this week. Uh, he has guys to throw to. He can make plays. He's just a fun quarterback to watch. Now, will he ever be a surefire starter ever again? Probably not. But if you want a bridge quarterback, you want someone who knows the game, who will try his ass off every single week, who's competitive as fuck. You want a guy like Baker Mayfield. That's exactly what Ryan Fitzpatrick did for, God, how long was Fitz in the league for? Like 17 years? Something like that? Either way, not obviously the role that Baker saw himself after being the first overall pick for the Browns, but he will carve out a nice career for the... For the rest of his NFL career, I think that he will always be a fringe starter uh, slash bridge quarterback until he's retired. And that's not a bad thing. He's going to make a lot of money off that. Uh, I'm happy that Baker Mayfield's still in the league. Uh, let's talk about this Vikings, though. A Vikings team that had all of the luck on their side last year. They couldn't do it in week one. Uh, I think they had three turnovers on the day let me just check that quickly uh i know kirk had a couple definitely yeah kirk had one interception also had two fumbles that they both lost at yeah i think they had three turnovers on the day and that truly was the difference i mean you lose the turnover battle you will genuinely or generally lose the game um yeah, again, it's a Vikings team that didn't really impress me. Justin Jefferson looked incredible in that first half. Went away in the second half from him. I don't know why. Jordan Addison caught a long touchdown grab. He will be good for them. Uh, TJ Hawkinson looks solid. Like, the offense looks solid. That Bucks defense did come out to play. I will give them credit. Uh, but this could have been a much different game if Kirk Cousins doesn't fumble twice, doesn't throw an interception. Uh yeah, just uh, just a smelly game all around, basically. So we shall keep moving on. Uh, moving on to an AFC South divisional class: Jacksonville Jaguars thirty-one, Indianapolis Colts twenty-one. Uh, I am here to start the 
Calvin Ridley for Comeback Player of the Year campaign right now. I am done with DeMar Hamlin just automatically getting this award. He's the heavy favorite. I think last time I checked, he was minus 350. He's a healthy scratch for the Bills tonight. Like, if he doesn't play football, he shouldn't win the award. Simple as that. Either way, long season, he probably will get in the lineup. Whatever. Calvin Ridley, though, is everything that these Jags needed. He is their wide receiver one. He uh, he finished the day with... Uh, I should have had this pulled up already. He finished the day eight catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Absolutely killed it. I mean, he's barely played football over the last two years. That's why he deserves comeback player of the year. I don't care if he gambled. I think some of the media probably will, but Calvin Ridley deserves comeback player of the year. Everyone use the hashtag Calvin Ridley comeback player of the year. <laughs> um, Yeah. Let's talk about more of the Jags though. Uh, Jags offense was absolutely rolling. They looked very, very good. Zay Jones had an abs- absolutely incredible catch in the end zone there. Lawrence finished 24 for 32, 241 yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception. Um, Jacksonville was good. I did not expect this to be a close game, however. Uh, again, I picked the Jags minus five. The Jags did cover. Again, great teams cover, and they did. I just expected more of a... Like, there is a chance that at the very end of the game that the uh, Colts could have covered, but Anthony Richardson went out of the game hurt, didn't come back in. He is fine for next week, but uh, I'm a little worried about the Jags' defense. That's for damn sure. They looked... uh, They looked beatable. That's for damn sure. I mean, you get... Anthony Richardson week one, and I know it's hard to scheme against a rookie like Anthony Richardson because he can do it all on the field. Obviously can't make all the throws yet. He is able to make all the throws, but just needs to rein in that arm talent just slightly. Uh, So hard to scheme against that. Hard to scheme against uh, Shane Steichen, new head coach, his new offense. You haven't seen it before. Uh, But either way, I think should have been better especially when you don't have to worry about the run game with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think the defense will be better. Again, they play the Chiefs next week, so they better be better. Uh, Let's talk about this Colts team, though, a little bit. They definitely impressed me more than I thought. I thought this was going to be an absolute rout for the Jags. Uh, They hung in there. I think Anthony Richardson was definitely the best QB uh, of the week or best rookie QB of the week. He finished 24 of 37, 223 yards, one passing touchdown, one interception. Also had 10 carries for 40 on the ground. Uh, He basically was their offense. Michael Pittman also did a very good job, obviously. Um, And yeah, the Colts defense also didn't look half bad for... All things considered, again, I don't think this is going to be a very good Colts team. Um, They severely miss Jonathan Taylor because outside of Anthony Richardson, their next leading uh, running back was, uh, is it Dion? Yeah. 
Deion Jackson getting 13 yard or 13 rushes for 14 yards. Not not great whatsoever. Uh don't know who the Colts play next week, but they'll probably won't be pretty. Let's just let's just leave it at that. Uh another bad bad game. Tennessee Titans 15, Saints 16. Uh Ryan Tannehill Ooh, actually, do I give the award to Tannehill or do I give it to Burrow for worst QB of the week? Tannehill did have three interceptions, so I feel like that... Yeah, I I gotta give it to Ryan Tannehill. That's fucking below 50% completion percentage, three interceptions. Was basically the whole reason why the Titans didn't win this game. If they had anyone else back there at quarterback, uh, they would have won that game quite easily uh, if we're being honest this is a very very good titans defense i've been seeing their praises all off season it is one of the reasons why i think that the titans could sneak into the playoffs again i don't really think that much anymore after seeing week one because i think the only reason or only way the titans could make the playoffs would be winning that division the jags are going to win that division let me tell you uh titans defense was great though uh they kept everyone in check. I mean, only holding the uh, Saints to 16 points while Carr still had 300 yards passing is very, very good. Uh, yeah, the this Saints team, though, Derek Carr is Derek Carr, I think. Again, he's better than Andy Dalton, but did he do anything spectacular? No. Did he do anything awful a couple times? Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's just a fine quarterback, and that's all that he is. Uh, Chris Olave had a great game. Eight catches for 112 yards. Uh, Michael Thomas also came back five yards, or five catches, 61 yards. He looked fairly productive uh, week one. Uh, it just wasn't... The Saints' defense obviously looked good because Tannehill looked so bad, but just kind of a nothing game. This game told me nothing of what I... Or no, it basically told me exactly what I knew about both of these teams, where they're just both very okay. Simple as that. Um, yeah, do I have any more notes about this game, or am I just like, this This game kind of sucks? Uh, yeah, no, I guess one other thing. The run game for the Saints was not there at all. Uh, they are desperately waiting for Alvin Kamara to come back from suspension. I think that'll take their offense up at least like one more notch. Uh is that really great? I don't really know, but uh, yeah, not not a good game. Also not a good game. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders 17, Broncos 16. Uh, before the game, though, uh, Broncos, Broncos players were asked why they hate the Raiders. Uh, Randy Gregory said it's because of Mark Davis's haircut. Uh, I don't like the owner's haircut. I... I don't like the bowl cut. Kind of pisses me off. I think it pisses most people off, too, seeing a billionaire with one of the worst haircuts known to man. Uh, couldn't turn that anger into a victory for the Broncos, but uh, is what it is. I guess let's just start talking about the Broncos a little bit. Uh, Russ started off fairly well in the first quarter and then just kind of all unraveled. Looked like the Russ it was from last year. They de Again, defense looked good. 
for the Broncos, and the offense just could not keep up, could not score points. Uh, yeah, it's going to be another just very okay year for the Broncos. As for the Raiders, kind of the same thing on the other side. Uh, Jacoby Myers leading the team in catches and yards over Devontae Adams is a little nuts, but... Uh, yeah, Jimmy G looked fine as the Raiders quarterback. Uh, again, just nothing really impressive from either side that needs to be discussed. Uh, yeah, I mean, sorry that that wasn't much of a recap for that game, but it's just it's two, two unimpressive teams, like really, like duking it out for... It was basically the... Oh, I was going to say the AFC's version of Titans Saints, but the Titans are in the AFC. But both of those games, all four of those teams are on the same level for me. They don't move the needle whatsoever. Are they still decent teams? Yes. Can they win any given Sunday? Most teams can, but not not good. Uh, and actually, because I'm thinking of it, Zaven Collins had an absolute incredible game for the Cardinals there on defense after him moving fully over to edge. Good for Zaven Collins. Okay, uh, moving on. Oh, no, that was the afternoon slate. I should have said that before. Well, we are at the best game of the week. Dolphins 36, Chargers 34, absolute shootout. Um, I tweeted it out. That was one of the happiest I have ever been post-week one watching a football game. Obviously, the Dolphins' defense didn't show up. Uh, showed up on that last drive, though. That's for damn sure. Uh, yeah, but seeing how good our offense looked, seeing Tua hit all the spots on the field, being evasive in the pocket, that throw to finish the game where it was, I don't know, third and, third and long, and Tua in the pocket, getting pressure, scrambles, steps up, moves out, throws on the run, a perfect dot to Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think that's probably the best throw of Tua's career so far. Uh, absolutely incredible. And then the top it all off with that perfect in-the-bucket catch in the end zone for Tyreek on that little bit of a fade. Uh Tyreek didn't even need to move. The ball went right where it needed to, right over the defender's shoulder. People are like, oh, what? Oh, well, if the defender turns around, that's a pick. I, I hate the, like, oh, the hypothetical. If my aunt had a penis, she'd be my uncle. Like, it doesn't... It's frustrating, but Tua balled out on the day. I think he finished with 466 yards passing. Tyreek had... Uh, Tyreek had 215 yards catching, two touchdowns. Uh, just an absolutely incredible game from the Dolphins' offense. Uh, I will give a huge shout-out to the Dolphins' offensive line without Teron Armstead. That's what had me nervous coming into that game, obviously, with going up against guys like Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, who were absolute no-shows um, this week. But... Dolphins O-line did their part. Uh, Tua still was pressured. I think on 55% of his snaps, it did not matter. Uh, no sacks on the day given up by the offensive line. Just just a great performance. Uh, 
The one knock that I will have to say, uh, that defense, holy shit, did we look bad against the run. I mean, obviously, the Chargers scored 34 points there. Uh, Needs to get fixed. Uh, Chargers run game looked very, very, very good until they just decided to go away from it in the fourth quarter. Uh, Austin Eckler uh, only had four touches in the fourth quarter after being their entire offense the entire game. Uh, Austin Eckler, who has been getting shit from spills all offseason, he is the best player on their offense. I don't really care about Keenan Allen or Mike Williams or Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler is the best player on that Chargers offense. Uh, He was the reason why it was so close. Again, coaching is what killed them. If they just would have continued running the ball, continued what was working throughout the entire game, they probably could have won at the end, especially since Jason Sanders missed that fucking extra point to put us up by three. That man is on very, very, very thin ice for me. Uh... I have a lovely Chargers stat, though, to read off. Um, since 2000, teams that have rushed for more than 200 yards allowed... Uh, wait, sorry. Since 2000, teams that have rushed for more than 200 yards allowed fewer than 100 rushing yards, did not turn the ball over, and won the turnover margin by at least two, were 110-0. to 0. After the Chargers-Dolphins uh, game on Sunday... It is now 110 and 1, with the Chargers now being that sole loss. It is absolutely incredible how the Chargers find new and interesting ways to blow games week after week. Um, I don't know what you can do at this point. Like, from a Charger, like, from an outside perspective and being like, I'm a big fan of football, like, it's been. 20 years of this type of football for the Chargers where they're consistently good teams but nothing matters because they never have the right people in charge to make everything worse or make everything work. Brandon Staley, fucking moron, I've been saying this for two years now, fire the man. He should have been fired after they blew a 27-0 lead to the Jags. You bring in Kellen Moore, who's just another Brandon Staley. He flashes. He has some good creative play calls, but when it matters most, he shuts down. He crumples up, and that I could also just lean in to take a direct shot at Herbert, too. When it matters most, he crumples. It's just, but I'm not, even though I just kind of did. I'm not going to say it, Um, but I don't know. I don't know where the Chargers go from here. I will say, though, uh, I, was, I was just talking about how the Steelers, I'm going to take them out of my playoff teams. The Chargers did impress me. Uh, the Chargers' offense was very, very good. I'm sure that the defense will get better, will get right. I mean, not everyone has a Tua and a Tyreek on their team. That's for damn sure. Uh, I think I'm going to probably put the Chargers in as my last AFC playoff team now until further noticed. Probably a toss-up between them and the Browns. Ooh, that might be a hot take. No, I don't want the Browns in the playoffs. Fuck the Browns. Um, Yeah, and then just Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. I kind of mentioned it a bit already, but just invisible the entire game. Kendall Lamb and Austin Jackson absolutely had them in the walk. They were cooking them all, all game. 
just embarrassing. You have two guys who, I mean, probably uh, future Hall of Famer Khalil Mack. Joey Bosa's not a Hall of Famer, but Joey Bosa, a very good player. Uh, and they just both stunk. They just flat out stunk. Uh, J.C. Jackson, I have to mention this, was the difference in the game. Uh, I think there was 12 seconds until half. The Dolphins had the ball in the 25-yard line. Tua just chucks an absolute, I mean, just throws a Hail Mary. or I think we got a decent chunk of yards, and then we chucked the Hail Mary. Uh, wasn't even close to anyone, but J.C. Jackson just decided to shove Eric Izukama, who did have a couple moments in this game. I'm excited to see what the Dolphins do with him. Uh, where is it going? But yeah, J- oh yeah, J.C. Jackson just decided to uh, push him. We got a P.I. We got an untimed down. We kicked a field goal. Uh, and what did we end up winning the game by? Uh, we won it by two. So that was quite literally the difference in the game was J.C. Jackson being an absolute bonehead. Uh, he also just stinks. He came back. Fuck him. He, he's nah, Not fuck him. I'm sorry. But just tough, tough game week one for the Chargers. I'm so excited to smack an egg on Spills' head whenever I see him next. Uh... Yeah, Tua is now tied for the MVP odds with Pat Mahomes, I am pretty sure. Tyreek Hill is definitely leading Offensive Player of the Year uh, voting right now. God, it felt good. That that was such a fun week one game to watch. Uh, can't wait for the rest of the season. Uh, everyone is now officially on notice. The Dolphins are a real team. Watch out. Week two versus the Patriots. Offense won't look as good, obviously, but Tua's never lost to Bill in his career. It's definitely not starting next week, I can tell you that. Uh, next game up. This this was an upset I did not see coming. LA Rams 30, Seattle 13. Uh, Puka Nakua is him, the rookie wide receiver out of BYU. Finished the day... 10 catches, 119 yards. And then other Rams receiver, Tutu Atwell, also finished. 6 catches, 119 yards. Matt Stafford had a very vintage Matt Stafford day. Um, Yeah, the Rams looked good. Or maybe the Seahawks just looked terrible. Um, Yeah, weird, weird game just in general. Uh... I'll get into it more with more Seahawks stuff than Rams. Uh, I will add, though, Cam Akers, 22 carries for 29 yards. Yeesh. Uh, But it just shows how good of a coach Sean McVay is. Uh, The man is a stud. He had a game plan. He came in, used his guys well without Cooper Cup. Uh, I'm interested to see what this team on offense could look like with uh, Cup and Aquel or Atwell and Puka Nakua all on the field together. Uh, obviously, health is always the big thing, but uh, it's not a game that I thought the Rams, with all of their rookies and all of their players on defense that I've never heard of, I just thought that the Seahawks were going to come in and steamroll them. I mean, I've been singing the Seahawks' praises all all off season and. This is this is what we get. Uh, yeah, uh, the Seahawks though. Seahawks had the lead 
going into the half and then just didn't score any points for the rest of the game. That second half for the Seahawks was absolutely abysmal. They only had 14 plays for the entire second half. Uh, brutal. Their time of possession was less than five minutes for the second half. Uh, Geno Smith, is he back to being Geno? I guess we'll see. Um, hopefully not. I still believe in the Seahawks team. They got a tough test against the Lions. They'll need to bounce back. Uh, but good on the Rams for getting that win. I have been a big doubter of the Rams. They came out and absolutely shoved the fucking Seahawks. Uh, yeah. Uh, next game up, we got Eagles 25, Pats 20. Uh, game did not start off very well for the Patriots. The Eagles got up 16 nothing early. People in the group chat were already burying Chu and Cam saying the Patriots are cooked, the Patriots are this, you guys are so stupid for believing in this team. It just shows uh, the people in that group chat who's new to the NFL and who's been around the block because I stayed quiet, Spills stayed quiet, pretty sure Moob stayed quiet because uh, we knew what was going to happen. We knew that the Patriots, they grind and they claw back into games and they did they had a chance to win the game at the end uh i think a Kayshawn boot uh misplay at the end i think he stepped out of bounds when he shouldn't have or didn't get his feet inbounds to secure the catch uh yeah just i mean but that's the difference between when you have a hall of famer in tom brady And when you have Mac Jones, because the Patriots have had lots of games like that in the last couple years where they have not won just because they do not have that guy at quarterback. Uh, And that's not even a shot at Mac Jones. Mac Jones had a very, very good game, was probably a top five quarterback of for week one, which is nuts to say. Uh, He looked good. Uh... We'll talk about the Eagles for a bit because the Eagles did look very, very sloppy. Obviously, this Belichick defense will always be phenomenal. They got some new young players in there. Uh, I haven't watched the the game tape fully from it, but from what Chu was telling me, Christian Gonzalez played unbelievable. Uh, defensive lineman Keon White also uh, made some plays for them. Uh, it's a very good Pats defense. Had the... Had the Eagles a little frazzled. Uh, I think I I think for the Eagles going into the year, not enough people talked about how they had two offense two new coordinators, offense coordinator and defensive coordinator, both left for obvious head coaching positions. Uh they just looked out of sync on most levels. Kenneth Gainwell was their starting back. I don't even think DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny really got too many touches. Uh, yeah, was not good. Was also a rainy game, but uh, I said it at the start of last week. This is going to be a game where the Eagles aren't going to win by more than a touchdown, but they'll win by more than a field goal. They won by five. I was right. Uh, Tom Brady uh, was honored at the start of the game wearing his old uh, number 12 Patriots jersey. Uh, Tom Brady was probably the best QB in that building uh, yesterday. Uh, 
If the Patriots still had him at quarterback, they would have won that game. I can tell you that. Uh, some misplays on offense. Zeke fumbled. Mac had a pick six at the start, but both not. It was good that the Eagles won because they needed to win this one, and it would have been unbearable to listen to Chu and Cam talk about the Patriots this week if they would have won. That is something that I'm enjoying, though, is the all of the moral victories that Patriots fans are now uh, claiming and loving and to be like, oh, well, you know, we should have won this game. Oh, the Eagles defending Super Bowl champions or defending Super Bowl runner-ups, not even champions, which makes, makes it worse. It's like, oh, people were expecting us to get blown out. And all of that might be true. You guys still lost the game. It is what it is. You never held a lead in the game. Uh, that's what the Patriots are playing for now, is moral victories and moral victories alone. Uh, Dolphins-Pats Sunday Night Football will be a very fun game to watch next week. Hopefully we get to watch it with the boys. Uh, yeah, uh, next game up, Packers 38, Bears 20. Uh Listen, I think a lot of people, including myself, were really buying into the Bears hype this offseason. This is a very, very good Packers roster, regardless of quarterback. Jordan Love looked pretty good. Um, But this was a Bears team that picked first overall for a reason last year. And it showed, because their defense is still absolutely abysmal. And the offense was just kind of unimaginative, uninventive. Uh, Justin Fields did not really have the designed runs that they did kind of towards the end. I mean, maybe they wanted to get him throwing the ball more, get his receivers involved. But it's like, you don't turn down, like, you don't turn down the play calling when you have such an electric player like Fields. If anything, you ramp it up a little bit. I, I, I don't know. It was just... Wasn't wasn't a good first game for the Bears. I think a lot of Bears fans are now iffy on head coach Matt Eberflus, which I think is fair because he's supposed to be the defensive guy. Uh, defense looked absolutely shit against the Packers, who were also missing wide receiver one Christian Watson. Uh, and I mean, Jordan Love's first real game as a starter, I guess we should say. Uh, Throwing to, I mean, Aaron Jones was his best receiver on the day, which is funny, but like throwing the rookies like Luke Musgrave and Jaden Reed. I think Romeo Dobbs played. I know he was questionable, but I think he played. But this this is a game that a lot of people were overthinking, including myself. That line and it was Bears minus one. If you were to just look at rosters, the Packers just have the way, way better roster. This should have been an easy pick. I had the blinders on for it, especially though. Uh, give the Packers a lot of credit. Um, they looked good. Jordan Love looked good. Had three touchdowns on the day. Again, wasn't wasn't overly impressive. Did what he needed to do. But uh, who do the Packers play next week? The Packers play the... Bad podcasting, bad podcasting... Packers play the Falcons next week. That's going to be an absolutely smelly game. Um, Be a good test for the Falcons' defense, though. That's for damn sure. Uh, Yeah, I just... DJ Moore needs to get more involved. 
for the Bears. We'll move on. Was not a very well, not a good game from the Bears. Very good game from the Packers' perspective. Uh, Packers are going to be a good team again. Itching and or scratching, clawing to try probably get one of those final playoff spots. Uh, I guess we'll see. There's a lot of very okay teams in the NFC. That's for damn sure. And finally, to end it all off, we have Sunday Night Football, a game that was over after the first quarter. Cowboys 40, Giants 0. Um, it was funny talking to a co-worker at work today, and he was like, man, I'm so pumped because like I have Dak and CD in my lineup, and I wake up this morning, and I see the score 40 to nothing, and I was like, oh my god, they must have absolutely went off. Uh no, that was all the Cowboys' defense. Dak finished on the day 13 for 24, 143 yards, no TDs. And the Cowboys scored 40 points, and that was his stat line. Uh, absolutely crazy. Cowboys' defense, though, is something that needs to get talked about. I have been hyping them up all offseason. I think Micah Parsons is going to be the defensive player of the year this year. Uh, he's got some competition, obviously, but... He is my guy. Cowboys finished with seven sacks, five forced fumbles, two interceptions, one pick six, and a block field goal for a touchdown. Um, truly just unstoppable. You couldn't, like, the Giants could do nothing. Uh, it was embarrassing. And this is a Giants offensive line that was pretty damn good last year with guys like... Uh, Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, obviously now in week two, people were hoping that he were that he was going to take a step, but yeah, just nothing, nothing worked for the Giants. Um, it was bad. It was bad. Danny, Danny Nichols made his long-awaited return. Uh, he had a vintage Daniel Jones game. Finishing with uh, 15 for 28, 104 yards, two interceptions. It's true. It's just like they could do nothing against this Dallas team. I don't know who Dallas has has next week in their matchup, but... Ooh, they have the Jets. That could be... That could be a hammer the fucking Cowboys, depending on what happens in tonight's game. Uh... Again, I'm obviously recording before tonight's game. I'll give a little little sneak peek, though. I think this game is going to end. Uh, it's going to be an under, because all the games went under this week. I'll talk about more more about that in a bit. But uh, game's going to go under. The Bills are going to win. I think, again, too many moving pieces, new pieces for Rodgers and the Jets for it to all work there. I think this Bills defense is back and finally healthy, obviously still missing Von Miller, who's one of their very key pieces. But this Jets offensive line sucks. I think the Jets defense will keep Josh Allen and the Bills in check. Uh, Let's go with Bills. Bills 24, Jets 17. That sounds like a right score. Uh, But yeah, Cowboys-Jets will be a fun game next week. Um... Yeah, that'll do it for the week one review and recap. Uh, I'm happy I'm doing two episodes a week now because just that was one hour. Uh, so yeah, there's no way I could have fit in the whole other pick for it. Uh, I probably could have, but I, I don't want to do two two-hour episodes. I'll do 
two one-hour episodes a week now. Uh, but yeah, so if you listen to me at the start of last week, I was saying hammer the unders in week one. They notoriously always hit. If I counted right, not including tonight's game, obviously, the unders went. Uh, they were 11-4 and four in week one. Absolutely crazy. I hope that you listened to me. I'm sure that none of you did, though. And that's a shame on you. I'm a, I'm a gambling sharp, let me tell you. Uh, not at all. I do have a positive, uh, positive record, though, to start on the year, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week's episode, though. Uh, I'm just so happy football's back. Football is back. Chew, if you're listening to this, I will also text you. I am willing to do the egg bet with you. I am not taking a shit on IG Live if the Dolphins score less than 10. That's for damn sure. But I will happily smack an egg on your head. Straight money line. Make it simple. Uh, hopefully I can make that a reoccurring bet with people. Because I think that's a very, very fun bet. God. I can't wait to get that on video with Spills. Either way, if you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.